following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Welcome to The Leftovers, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Network, with Josh Dunn, Anshu Khanna, and Dan Bauer. Hello and welcome to The Leftovers. It is Wednesday, January 30th. I'm Josh Dunn, joined by Anshu Khanna and Dan Bauer. Dan, I know Cleveland's a little warmer than Chicago right now, but uh, we're both struggling, and uh, everywhere's closed today. Everything except the leftovers still bringing you that great content after tomorrow style. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we're trying anyway. Uh, we'll do our best. Uh, we're all inside, luckily, uh, but aren't you? I think it was as low as negative 20 today with a negative 55 or 56 wind chill. I mean, like, what is going on here in Chicago right now? Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I usually record outside, but uh, today I just have to record inside, so glad we're doing that. Yeah, that's the one thing that's changed here on this show. Everything else should be pretty constant for you guys, aside from what we're talking about. Uh, heavy Super Bowl 53 show for you guys today as uh, the big game here this weekend. Uh, we've got Tom Brady playing his 50th Super Bowl, and then Jared Goff and company, uh, kind of the diaper dandies of the NFL uh, on the other side in the NFC. Uh, after the bad call that we've belabored the point of. So let's start there with the Super Bowl. Anshu, just kind of give us what your thoughts are on this game. Um, obviously kind of the battle of, of, like I said, the the, the older, uh, the veterans of the NFL and the Patriots who have been there several times before. And then you've got Sean McVay, the, the youngest head coach in the NFL, Jared Goff, who I believe is only 22 or 23, uh, and a very young team in L.A. Uh, how do you see this one shaking out here on Super Bowl Sunday? Um, I honestly think it's going to be an awesome game over under 56 and a half, which is a huge total. Um, it's, it's, you know, like you said, just so many contrasts and styles. Um, you know, it's probably not the last we've seen in the Patriots in terms of like, whether it's in the Super Bowl or around the Super Bowl, they're likely to keep this thing going, but it could be the last we see of Kronk. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, maybe not the end of an era, but certainly, I mean, it, you know, it could be one of those passing the torch games. So I'm really excited for it. <laughs> I think a little smock is really excited for it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I do see the Rams pulling this off personally. I think that they're going to do this. It's their time. Um, I think they were cheated out of last year a little bit. And, uh, and I, I think they're going to have something ready for the Patriots that they haven't seen, which is how the Eagles beat them last year. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, this is an interesting game because you have the Patriots who have kind of been a little inconsistent this year, but down the stretch they showed you know that they were the Patriots of old, and Tom Brady still got it. Uh, you know, Dan, do you think this Rams team, be it very young, uh, you know, but very talented, has enough to kind of give this Patriots that type of game that the Philadelphia Eagles did last year? I mean, the, the, the Rams opened up as favorites in this game; they were one point favorites, and now the line has moved all the way to the other side by two and a half. Uh, as, as the Patriots are now two-and-a-half-point favorites. I mean, do you think that the, the Rams have enough to get this done? 
Dude, I think they have enough, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you have the, the second most yards per game uh, from the Rams all regular season. Uh, this offense is, is high-flying, um, and it's definitely possible. Uh, I just don't want to bet against the Patriots. I mean, as much as, as we all thought this was the year, this was going to be Brady's downfall, this is the year that they just couldn't do it anymore, uh, it continues to prove us wrong. So while I do think that there's an outside shot that uh, the Rams pull it off, I think the smart money is still on the Patriots. One of those things that until somebody dethrones them, uh, you still have to give the edge to Brady on Super Bowl. Well, somebody did dethrone them a year ago. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I will be the – I know everybody's kind of going with the Patriots. They've been on an absolute roll lately, um, you know, especially in these playoffs. They've Even that Chiefs game, you know, they – the Chiefs had opportunities to win that game, but you just kind of could feel at, down the stretch that the Patriots were in charge and they were going to end up winning that game. And especially when they win that coin toss, I don't think any of us doubted the fact that they were going to go down the field and score a touchdown, not just a field goal. And then they did it. So they've become very, very predictable uh, you know, down the stretch this year. But I, I just think this Rams team has enough creativity with their offensive play calling that they could give that Patriots defense, which has been pretty sound throughout the playoffs. But you saw against the Chiefs, they showed that they – they have some dents in their chinks in their armor, so to speak. So I think that the Rams uh, do have enough offensive firepower. I know this is going to be the exception, and I was wrong on both of the uh, conference championship games. Obviously, both of those games went into overtime. They both came down to the wire, but I had the opposition in both games. So I, you know, it's very likely that I'll be wrong again, but I'm okay going down and landing on that sword. I think they just have too many weapons. C.J. Anderson down the stretch this season, you know, proved that he could be kind of the thunder to Todd Gurley's lightning uh, and Todd Gurley seems to be healthy now uh, it'll be interesting to see one thing to watch Greg Zerline has been a little banged up and you know he's obviously one of the best kickers if not the best kicker in the league and this is the type of game that could come down to a field goal so his his health is definitely something to keep an eye on as we get closer to Super Bowl Sunday uh, because I think I think this game could rest on his leg potentially but I just I, I think the Rams have too much offensive firepower I think they have enough star power on the defensive side of the ball. When you look at Aaron Donald, who had 20 sacks this year from a defensive tackle position, uh, breaking the record for, for defensive tackles. Yeah, I think he's the best pure football player in the NFL and definitely the best defensive lineman. Um, but I think the Rams have a lot of other playmakers on the defensive side of the ball, and I just think that they can get to Tom Brady, and that's what's going to be the difference for them in this game. Um, are there any, anything else you're looking out for? Any other storylines on you that you have your eyes on as we get closer to Super Bowl Sunday? Uh, well, I mean, I would say the most notable player uh, in this game, aside from the obvious, is Brandon Cooks. I mean, Brandon Cooks played on with Josh McDaniels in this offense last year, so revenge he's game. probably the right. Not just not just the hashtag revenge game, but I mean, you know, you get little bits and pieces of how a coach is likely to game plan, and um, you know, I think that that's something to look at. And uh, you know, I, I mean, Jared Goff just really hasn't been the same. Uh, without a without Cooper Cup, and then you know down the stretch, you know we've seen them struggle even against the Saints, and you know on some faster track. So I think that the avenue to the Rams winning is going to be on the ground and behind that really good offensive line, and then with Sean McVay just drawing up some wild stuff. But I, I think they totally have that in them, and I I think that this Rams defense is underrated. I I said a lot two weeks ago. Um, I just think that with Akeem Talib, they're totally different on the perimeter, and I think that that could cause some issues for Tom Brady in the past game. And when you think of Tom Brady's issues in the past, as far as you know, having trouble with like the Giants and the Eagles, what gives them the most trouble is interior pressure. And you literally won't find a better duo in football 
maybe in this generation than Sue and Donald. So uh, I think that all those things combined are lining up to make this a much closer game than maybe some people who watched the Patriots last few weeks might think. And, and I just think that it's building the right way for a Rams win. Yeah, and Dan, when you look at this game, you have probably two of the better football minds in the game. Obviously, Bill Belichick is known for his ability to change his game plan depending on who he's playing and kind of change it throughout the game as well. And then you've got Sean McVay, who's this prodigy who's, you know, what is he, 33 or 34 now? Uh, you know, he's, he's the youngest head coach in the NFL, and every the coaching tree is already beginning for Sean McVay. You have, you know, Zach Taylor going to the Bengals, and pretty much anybody who's coached or uh, the joke has had a beer with Sean McVay is, seems to be getting a, a coaching job around the NFL. Uh, but I, I want to ask you specifically with Bill Belichick, obviously Tom Brady's come out this week and said there's no chance he retires after this game no matter what the outcome. Uh, would You would think that Bill Belichick, it would be the same. He's probably going to hang around as long as Tom Brady does, if not longer. Uh, but does this do anything to their legacy, either one of them, if they end up losing this game to L.A. and a younger team? No, I don't think – I don't think they could do really anything on the football field that's going to diminish their legacy. Uh, obviously, we've seen in recent years all kinds of stuff off the field with different uh, major coaches and players. But, uh, no, I don't think there's anything you can do. I think, uh, if anything, if you see them go down, it's just the natural progression. I think the storyline is uh, you have the young guns and McVay and Goff and taking over, and this is the new era of the NFL uh, with these young quarterbacks and, and young uh head coaches uh so if anything it's just kind of will be seen i think as the natural progression the riding off into the sunset if you will uh but again i i don't think it's happening i think the patriots are still able to come back uh are going to be able to to get some redemption uh from last year and win this one i mean i, I know we kind of joked about it you know somebody dethroned brady last year uh, i mean still what the patriots score 35 last year i mean it's not like um, you know, it was the cause of him that they lose that Bowl. So uh, I'm still going to expect a big game out of Brady uh, and uh, a couple more years of Brady and Belichick. All right. Lastly, before we move on from the Super Bowl, Dan, what's your score prediction on this one? Uh, 31-24, Pats. Aren't you? I will go... 24 21 Rams. Wow. Yeah. I'm going 31-28 Rams. I think it's going to be a right. relatively high-scoring affair. I think it is going to come down to Zerline. I think, you know, barring any setbacks health-wise, I think he's got the leg to kick it from pretty much anywhere on the field. So I'm saying Greg the leg wins it. Love it. 31-28 Rams. Wow, two of us take the Rams. Interesting. All right, well, let's, uh, let's move on from the NFL. Uh, obviously, we'll recap the Super Bowl next week, but uh, wanted to talk a little bit of NBA. We're getting close to the trade deadline. We'll do a deep dive on that next week, but I wanted to talk Anthony Davis. Obviously, his agent, uh, I believe it's Rich Paul, right? He, he came out and uh, said that Anthony Davis was requesting a trade. Uh, demanding a trade, actually, and uh, he wants it done quickly. So uh, Anthony Davis, obviously one of the best premier players and big men in the NBA. Uh, you know, Drew Holiday came out and said he stayed primarily because of Anthony Davis. They couldn't keep Boogie Cousins in, didn't make a compelling enough offer. Obviously, he was injured a lot of this year. Um, but I want to start with you on this one, Anshu. First of all, do you think Anthony Davis gets traded before the deadline? And second of all, where do you see as a landing spot potentially for him? A lot of people talk in Lakers. 
Uh, yeah, that would be such a shame. But, you know, I think the timing of this demand clearly indicates a desire to get the Lakers involved soon since the Celtics can't make a deal for Davis unless they trade Kyrie Irving either before that move takes place or in that move itself. So um, I, I so they're basically those are the two front runners. And, you know, if it clearly indicates that they want to rich Paul's trying to execute it for with his best friend, LeBron trying to get Davis over there with, you know, obviously the clutch sports, um, you know, ties and, and all that. But the reality is this is just way too important of a move to rush. And I just, I don't see anybody making that kind of move right away. Um, I don't see the Lakers, like everyone knows what the Lakers have on the table, right? It's like, whether it's some combination of Ingram and ball and, Kuzma and uh, you know future picks and um, you know that that offer that package won't change if you're if you're the Pelicans I mean you're looking for bigger than that I think um, not to say that that's not enough I mean it might be I but I, I don't think that they will necessarily jump the gun they'll wait and you know if the Celtics are willing to bring Jason Tatum to the table if somehow the Sixers fall apart and Ben Simmons becomes available in the offseason, if C.J. McCollum becomes available for Portland, um, you know, those become much more interesting packages, I think, than the Lonzo Ball one um, that would be headed up by the Lakers. But ultimately, we all know where this is headed, and I think it has been Anthony Davis going to the Lakers, unfortunately. What do you think? I, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, the Lakers seems like the obvious choice, but – I, I don't know. Their GM right now is not answering their phone, so he's not not really listening to trade offers at this point. I think there's still hope within the New Orleans organization that he can, or that he can hopefully, you know, turn this season around and you know, get this team to a point where they're still a contender playoff wise. They did beat the Rockets last night. Um, I still think they have a solid team, but they need another piece, and I just don't see them being able to bring in a significant enough piece to go alongside Anthony Davis that would entice him to stay. And I think if they don't trade him cousins, yeah, they should have, but he would have still been, he would have still been out until about right now in the season. So, and I don't, I don't, I don't know that the warriors are going to look to move cousins this year. And, you know, no, 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 no. But I mean, they should have signed him in the off season, they, and then they should again this season, this off season. They, they should have, and we talked about on this show, you know, the speculation of whether or not Boogie was forthcoming about the the real offers that he had on the table. There were some mm-hmm. rumors out there that New Orleans made offers in the ten million range when he took what five and a half to stay or to to mm-hmm. go to Golden State. So I don't know how true. You know, you hear so many rumors, especially in the NBA and NBA Twitter, that you don't know what to believe, but. Um, uh, this situation is definitely something that I think is worth keeping an eye on because I think Anthony Davis, when you look at you know the stars around the NBA, he's he's definitely in the top two or three. I mean, he's averaging twenty nine points a game this year. You know, he's one he's constantly getting a double double pretty much night in and night out. Uh, they just have not had a supporting cast that's been able to be. Um, you know, to be able to get them over the hump. So I think L.A., the Lakers make a lot of sense. I don't know that New Orleans would be in a rush to move him to L.A. unless they are willing to put a package together that includes, you know, multiple first-round picks and then probably at least two to three of those young stars that they have, like Brandon Ingram. You mentioned Lonzo Ball. Uh, You know, I think I just don't know if that's enough for one of the biggest superstars in the NBA here before the trade deadline. Um, you look at, you know, Paul George last year, he, there were a lot of thoughts that he would go to the Lakers. He ended up not doing that and staying in uh, Oklahoma City. I don't know that this ends up kind of, uh, you know, ending up the same way, but uh, there is a chance. You know, they're 23 and 28. 
Um, there is a chance they still get back to a point where they're competitive and in a playoff run. And, and Davis did say after the trade request, he, he'd see out you know this season uh, if you know if that's if that's what happens. Obviously, he might not have a choice, but uh, I don't know. It's it's definitely one to keep an eye on because you have Kyrie. There's been rumors about whether or not Kyrie wants to stay in Boston after this year. You know, could we see one of the biggest blockbusters at the trade deadline of all time? Dan, what do you think? Uh, I mean. If you're New Orleans, I don't really, I don't really see the need to move him. Uh, I mean, I know he said he's not going to sign an extension. It's still two years. Uh, the the package you're going to have to put together uh, to make that contract work is gonna, it's just going to be so tough. Um, and you know, if you're if you're still competitive, why not sell tickets for the next two years? I mean, unless you're going to get something crazy in return, proven superstars. I just I don't think. Uh, in terms of the fan base, in terms of, of getting people excited, I don't think you can trade for for draft picks and and low level prospect type guys. Um, I mean, you're gonna need you're gonna need to get another superstar in there. Uh, so I'm just not sure what package exactly makes sense for that. Um, you know, I think it's it's different if he's uh, obviously has a couple months left on contract, maybe even a year left. But uh, with two years left on that deal, it just it doesn't make sense to me why why you'd move him or or at least the whatever return comes back to you uh i haven't heard anything compelling of uh of any sort of rumor mill trades coming back that makes sense to me yeah it's crazy this guy's 25 years old i mentioned 29 points a game he's also averaging 13.3 boards 4.4 assists 2.6 blocks and 1.7 steals i mean the, the fact that their gm's not taking um calls for him it's pretty telling. I mean, I don't blame him, though. I don't think there is. They've said they wouldn't move him before the deadline unless the package for him is overwhelming. I just don't think that overwhelming package is out there, aren't you? For either of these I, things. I if you look at Boston, they would have to give up Jason Tatum, probably Jalen Brown, maybe even Kyrie Irving and a first-round pick to get him if they were going to get this done. And I think they're the only team that has the assets that would realistically part with them. I just don't know if the Lakers could put that package together. No, they can't. That's what I'm saying. I totally agree. I, I don't look the Celtics can't make the trade without Kyrie in it just flat out like that's the rule right because they signed him what was it last year and somehow with the finances it works out that he can't be they cannot trade for Anthony Davis until after this season unless Kyrie is in it so you know and I mean look yeah if you do a package around Kyrie and Tatum I mean are you getting better by trading for Anthony Davis and even then like you said like does Dal Demps do that trade I don't see that and, uh, you know, I think it's smart of them, who's a, um, you know, Spurs disciple, to wait. I mean, it's it's very smart of him to just say, look, we're in no rush. Like Dan said, I mean, well, we have two years left of this dude. Um, you know, we know what his value is, not just to us, but to everybody else. And, you know, you can always hold a bidding war at the end of the season. I just think that there's there are. You couldn't tell me a package that would be enough for him. I think, like off the top of my head, from any of these teams, like forget the Celtics. I mean, say even the say the Blazers want to get involved. I mean, you'd have to start with CJ McCollum and my and you know and like where else do you Zach yeah. Collins, Zach Collins and others and and you know and that's still not enough, obviously, because like then you're just the Blazers without Willard, basically. So. I mean, it's it's like there's just nothing. I mean, people have talked about the box and stuff like that. I, I just don't see any team having enough for him. The Knicks, I mean, all right, fine. You, say you like Porzingis. 
now you're taking on that, you know, those problematic knees and that whole issue and that whole situation. I mean, I, I just, I don't see a team where it makes a ton of sense at all to me anywhere. I mean, at least at the end of the season, you can look at who's got the number one pick and start thinking about the draft and, you know, maybe Zion Williamson, how you do get your fan, how you do get your fan base excited, as Dan said. I mean, that, that might be a way to do it. But until then, I just I don't see any incentive to them doing a trade right now. So if you are, you know, if you are their GM, Dell Demps, what do, how do you play this situation? Because it's clear that Davis probably doesn't want to be here after his contract comes uh, comes due. Where how do you play this where you get something in return, but you still give your team the opportunity to try try staying competitive and get your season back on track this this year? Is there a way that you can play this and win on both sides? Uh, it's, it's tough for me to foresee, man. Like, honestly, I, you could start it. I mean, if you demanded a guy like Kyrie, I mean, then at the end of the season, you start with Kyrie and or Tatum and go from there. I think. But what do you do exciting. with Kyrie? Like, look at Drew Holiday. He's one, of the, yeah. he's one of the most productive point guards in the NBA this year on both sides of the ball. And his he's he, I mean, he was a big key to that New Orleans, you know, semi run that they went on beating Portland a year ago. How do you how do you have Kyrie and, and Drew Holiday just from a bat, pure basketball standpoint? I don't know that that makes sense unless you're looking to, you know, maybe potentially flip Drew, Drew Holiday and get something better. But in my opinion, I, just from a you know team player, no drama, uh, you know, almost as good ta- talent wise. I I think I think I'd rather have Drew Holiday than than Kyrie at this point. Kyrie begged well, for a trade, got what he asked for, went to Boston, who has tons of talent on their team, and now he's blaming the young guys for not trying hard when they're the best I just don't like the whole Kyrie situation I just don't get it now he's saying he wants to go back and play with LeBron when that was the reason he left Cleveland in the first place this guy's got like some serious issues like mental issues going oh yeah oh yeah he I agree he's a complete head case but beyond that Kyrie's a free agent after this year right like he can opt out so you would I think that would just be kind of like engineering a three-way deal I'm just saying from a talent perspective yeah. Starting with a guy like Tatum and Kyrie is like how you sort of get close. And I, I would assume that Drew Holiday would be part of the, the group that's weaving. I mean, Miritich has gone after this year, probably before the deadline. I mean, that's a guy I, I think that, yeah, you could potentially try to make a run again with Anthony Davis this year, but with Miritich. But I, I mean, I don't see, you know, to what end? I mean, say you make the semis again, great. That's your that's your cap with the team. We all know that. So, um, you know, like I, I, I totally, I like true holiday, but I don't. And then like, again, Kyrie like contractually doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense either. So you're basically, I do think like from an individual talent perspective, you can't do much better than a package around Jason Tatum. Um, and you know, and again, if you include Kyrie in that deal, somehow he's resigned, he gets flipped to New York. Maybe you somehow end up with, Porzingis and Tatum out of this somehow. I don't know how that works, but you get you get some kind of combination where you start with that and you go from there. I think that would be something that would be exciting for them. Um, and you're say you're shipping out like Holiday and uh, and Davis. You know, it's it's not ideal, but it it's a start. And I mean, you have to look at like to, to your point. You're looking at both the future and the current. Like you're trying to say gap. We talked about it with LeBron and Love for your guys last year, and just you know, the idea of trying to both remain somewhat competitive for the sake of the fan base and, you know, invest in your future. And I think that they, Del Dems has that exercise to look at, and that's how I would be approaching it as GM of the Falcons. Yeah, I don't envy the position that he's in right now at all, but it's it's going to be uh, it's gonna be tough for them to, to try to make this work and, and 
get to a point where you're you feel like you're not completely losing and I you know I kind of feel for the organization because you think about how much can change just based on one injury and that happened with Boogie Cousins last year him and Anthony Davis were finally starting to gel as kind of a two towers ish type of offense and then they still end up making the playoffs and still winning a first round series against a team that was ranked higher so you know you kind of think about what could have been with this Pelicans team and Anthony Davis at that point you know when when they were doing well last season you know he thought that he wanted to be on the Pelicans for the long term and turn like you know be the be the catalyst to turn this franchise around but it's kind of it's kind of telling now when you look at the NBA how quickly these young stars are willing to completely change their tune to win championships and you're seeing it you know, you you saw it with Kyrie. You know, you saw it. You saw it even with LeBron early in his career. You saw it with Durant. You see, all these guys. And now, you know, there's reports coming out that if Clay doesn't get a max deal from the Warriors, that he could potentially go to the Lakers. I mean, there's all of these rumors swirling around just oh, because if if a guy doesn't feel comfortable or feel like he's getting a fair deal, it, it, they they could just turn on a dime like, like it's nothing. And it's it's just kind of the the state of the NBA right now. So. Kind of sad, yeah. but uh, it is what we have to work with, and you know, it definitely gives us something to talk about, if nothing else. Just, just to put a bow on it too, like from that perspective, I will say I think Dell Demps has done almost everything he possibly could for New Orleans to to build around Anthony Davis. Like we've seen in the past, where you know front offices don't necessarily build around stars or don't do a good enough job of finding those extra players or succumb to the player and like trade for his buddies or whatever. But they got DeMarcus Cousins, Miritich, Drew Holiday. Over the years, they've done a great job of putting something around Anthony Davis, and they just didn't make it. It didn't work, but that doesn't mean that they didn't try, and I think that's the real shame of this. It wasn't like Anthony Davis was stuck in Siberia or something. You know, They tried to put something around him, and it just didn't work out. No, we're stuck in Siberia right now, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's get to, oh, by the ways, Dan, I'm sorry we uh, went on a little rant there about Anthony Davis, so this is your moment. Uh, what do you have for, oh, by the way? Um, pass. Let me go. <laughs> I was not expecting us to transition here. All right, aren't you? <laughs> All right, well, I will talk about college basketball. Obviously, Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett carrying this Duke team, but they are not number one. The Tennessee Volunteers have been dominating and beyond Rick Barnes and uh, a really awesome Tennessee team. They just matched their program record with their 15th straight win this week. So keep an eye on the Tennessee Vols. Uh, they have not been good at basketball in a real long time, but they could be the team to knock off this presumed Duke juggernaut this uh, this March. Uh, I love it. That Duke team's tough, though, man. They, they've just got so much star yeah. power. Uh, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going to go They're with gonna, a yeah. – yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a lighter, a little bit lighter, oh, by the way. Um, I don't know if you guys caught this, but uh, KDKA TV in Pittsburgh, they had a graphic up where Tom Brady was giving uh, his speech, and underneath his name it said, Known Cheater. The employee who was in charge of the graphic now has been fired. Um, you know, Obviously, I hate Pittsburgh as much as the next guy, but you can't look at that and not at least smile a little bit. It's hilarious. So the guy gets fired, but if you're going to go down – why not go down like that? I love it. I mean, oh yeah, I can't believe they fired him for that. That's absolutely hysterical. It's pretty great, pretty great stuff. So yeah, if you haven't seen it, worth checking out the graphic. It's everywhere. Uh, Dan, did you think of something to take us home with? Yeah, I was thrown off because I thought we were going to talk about this on the the regular part of the show. But uh, Bryce Harper, uh, it's slight rumors. Uh, it's leaning a little bit towards Philadelphia. 
Uh, he was seen using Philly's bats. Um, there was a bunch of rumors with a sports book in Vegas uh, of taking his odds down, which turned out to be not true. Uh, and so a lot of smoke around the Phillies. Uh, we'll see hopefully at some point one time uh, before hell freezes over, even though it's looking pretty close to uh, it right now that we will know where Bryce Harper goes. If you, I mean, we've talked about this for like it seems like months. Uh, if you had to guess, I mean, when does this thing get resolved? Obviously, one of these two dominoes has to fall for the other two. But you know, we've got Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Everybody's been talking about them. They're gonna. It's gonna happen. It's gonna. Ha- and they, it still hasn't happened. What do you, when do you see an ending, Dan? I honestly think it goes into spring training. Like so, pitchers and catchers report in a couple weeks, uh, and then position players a little bit after that. Uh, I'm saying like March first. That's my prediction. Wow. Oh God, Jeez. I hope not. That's brutal. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing, but I God, I hope not. <sighs> well, I hope we see it before then. That would be crazy. But uh, anything you guys wanted to add for the good of the group? Stay, Stay warm, warm out there. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> for Anshu Kana and Dan Bauer, I'm Josh Dunn. This has been the Leftovers. <laughs>